When Ludwig Feuerbach said, he was a German philosopher, quote, man is what he eats. Little did he know that he was uttering a great, great, great theological truth. Man is what he eats. Because you remember that Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood, take eat, all of you. To eat the body of Jesus is to participate in life eternal, to become partakers of divine nature, as St. Peter says so beautifully in his epistle. It was by eating that man got into trouble in the Garden of Eden, as you remember. And it is by eating that salvation comes today. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, said Jesus, you have no life in you. You have the animal life, the physical life, but not the real life, the spiritual life, the life of God, eternal life in you. Father Schmemann, the greatest, perhaps the greatest contemporary Orthodox liturgical scholar, said, and I quote, there is no life without food. There is no new life without new food. Since this new life is the life of Christ himself, it is Christ who becomes for us the gift of food. Close quote. The Eucharist Holy Communion can be defined in many beautiful ways. Here are some of them. The Eucharist is the personal, our personal encounter with the living Christ. This is where we meet him and invite him into our soul and into our heart. This is how we Orthodox Christians invite Jesus into our heart today. Yes, we do invite him through prayer each day, many times a day. Yes, we do invite him through the Word of God, which we read each day and through which he comes to speak to us his words of eternal life. But most importantly of all, he come, we invite him and he comes to make his home in us, in every liturgy, through the Eucharist, through communion. The Eucharist is a, really, a marriage union, the consummation of God's love for us and our love for God in the beautiful sacrament of communion. In the words of Cyril of Jerusalem, Christ has given to the children of the bridal chamber the enjoyment of his body and blood. And another church father, Theodoret, says in eating the elements of the bridegroom and drinking his blood, we accomplish a marriage union. St. Ambrose says that when the body of Christ is placed on the lips of the believer, it is truly a kiss given by Christ to each one of us. The expression of the union of love between the believer and the Lord. The Eucharist is where heaven meets earth. 
It is the Holy One, unapproachable in glory, bending down to touch us in love and to give Himself to us in love. It is the mystery of both the beyondness and the nearness of God coming alive for us. It is participating in the new life of Christ by partaking of the precious body and blood of our Lord. Well, you see, Christianity is more than dogma. It's more than theology or teaching. Christianity is indeed and in truth Christ himself living in us. And it is because of the Eucharist that Jesus can say to us and did say to us, Behold, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. In John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is who bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The vital energy and power that flow into our lives from the vine, who is Jesus, come to us through the Eucharist. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood, said Jesus, abides in me and I in him, her. St. Paul describes the Eucharist in these beautiful words in 1 Corinthians 10:16. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? And the bread which we break, he says, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? The Eucharist is like a div- is not like it is a divine blood transfusion. God transfuses his own precious sacred saving royal life-giving blood into our bloodstream to give us new life, new strength, forgiveness, eternal life and royal, royal dignity. The Old Testament always speaks of blood, equates blood with life. In the New Testament, the Eucharist becomes the way by which we receive the very life of God through the precious blood of His Son. Blood equals life. Old Testament and New Testament. When a person is sick, a blood transfusion is not optional. It is a matter of life or death. And are we not all sick and dying of sin? The God who is present everywhere in this world, there's no place where he's not present is present somewhere very specific. This is my body. This is 
my blood, he says. And when Jesus spoke these words, he meant exactly what he said. The bread and the wine that are received in communion are literally his precious body and blood. They are not, not merely symbols, as some Christians believe. For Jesus himself said, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Now, Greek is a very, very rich language, and he, if he had meant to say symbolizes or represents, he could have chosen another Greek word. St. John Chrysostom writes, what is in the chalice is the same as that which flowed from Christ's side on the cross. What is the bread that we receive? He says it is Christ's body, the same body that was crucified, the same body that was resurrected from the dead. The bread which I shall give for the life of the world, said Jesus, is my flesh. Meditating on the Last Supper, some might say to themselves, Oh, would that I were there with those eleven disciples in the presence of the Master that evening in the upper room. How I wished I could have heard from the lips of my Lord, this is my body, this is my blood. Take, eat, drink. Yet, through the Eucharist, we are there in the upper room with the Lord. The same Master is present, the same bread, the same cup, the same sacrifice, the same upper room, the same Last Supper. In the words of Nikolai Gogol, the Eucharist is, quote, the eternal repetition of the great act of love performed for us on Calvary. I like to call the Eucharist the altar call of the Orthodox Church. When you see some of the evangelists on TV, they have an altar call. Now, the altar call that we have is Christ's altar call, and it is to a true altar that we come. He is the one who invites us to come, that he may come to dwell in us in all his fullness. It is his call to come in union with him. And this is how we Orthodox Christians receive Christ into our hearts. Through prayer, yes. Through the Word of God, yes. But most importantly, through the Eucharist. Now, the great importance and necessity of Holy Communion for our salvation is witnessed to by the very words of Jesus. Listen. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has, already has, eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. There is nothing optional, you see, about communion. It is absolutely necessary for salvation together with faith, repentance, confession, baptism.
Now, St. Isaac the Syrian, a great spiritual writer, said, Blessed is he that has eaten of the bread of love, which is Jesus. While still in this world, he breathes the air of the resurrection in which the righteous will delight after they are raised from the dead. So the sacrament of Holy Communion is not just one sacrament among many, it is the fulfillment, the acme of all the sacraments. And the bread and the wine in Holy Communion respond to two basic needs in us. The bread satisfies hunger, the wine satisfies thirst. Jesus, the bread of life and the water of life, satisfies to the fullest all of man's hunger and thirst. And Jesus could not have said it more plainly than in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. The fruits of communion, the Eucharist, are many. And in the liturgy, there's a beautiful prayer that enumerates the fruits of our communion with Christ in the sacrament of the Eucharist. Listen to this prayer. That, though, that to those who partake of these gifts, these gifts may be, one, for the purification of soul, two, for the forgiveness of sins, three, for the communion of your Holy Spirit, four, for the fullness of the heavenly kingdom. Five, for confidence in you. And six, not for judgment or condemnation. We must never forget that the Eucharist is what makes us the body of Christ. It is the sacrament that makes each one of us an extension of Christ and the presence of Christ in the world today. We not only receive the body of Christ, but having received, we become the body of Christ and go out into the world to be the body of Christ wherever we go, wherever we are. And this is called so beautifully in the Orthodox Church, the liturgy after the liturgy. So let us remember that there are many ways of communing with our Lord Jesus Christ. There is prayer, the Jesus prayer. There is the Word of God. There is the sacrament of the Eucharist, Holy Communion. And there is that other sacrament that we perform each day when we minister to the sick and to the suffering and to those in need. And as Mother Teresa says, every time she touches one of those hurting people, she is touching the body of Christ today. So God is, in the Scriptures, someone who is very, very close to us. We hear Christ in the Scriptures. We speak to Christ in prayer each day. We see Christ through the eyes of our faith. We see him everywhere about us, especially in those who suffer. And we touch Christ 
in the Eucharist and also in those who suffer and are in need. So let me conclude by saying God is for us and that's good. If God be for us, who can be against us, says St. Paul. God is with us. And that's even better. Fear then not, for I am with thee, says the Lord. And finally, God is in us. And that is best. What can be better than that? He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For this is what Eucharist, the Christo, means. Thank you. None of us is worthy or can ever be worthy to receive your glorious presence in the Eucharist. It is by your grace that you come and we receive you constantly, constantly with repentance in our hearts, dear Lord, as we say in that prayer before Holy Communion, we confess that we are the, not just sinners, but the foremost of sinners when we approach you. It is purely a gift of your grace, but a vital gift since without that gift there is no life. Unworthy and sinful as we are, we come and shall keep coming with the fear of God, with faith and with love to receive you, dear Lord, for the forgiveness of sins and unto life eternal. Amen.